This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today. DFS, you know it's Tuesday at 10.30, so it's going to be me and Meg Schaub talking to you about the DFS slate, but this is an interesting one, Meg, because, uh, first of all, we, we have no buys anymore. We've got all the teams playing. We've got sort of different slates. Like the last couple of weeks, it's been a little weird. We have a right. two-game slate on Saturday, and then we have a 13-game main slate on Sunday, kind of like we, we had last week. Uh, I figured, Meg, if it's okay with you, we would go over some of the games on the main slate that have some like serious implications that maybe we want to focus on in DFS, and then maybe we attack that two-game slate uh, that's coming up, the, the next slate coming up on, on Saturday. I love that, you and I love short slates, so I think that's a perfect plan. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, and then, of course, we are going to go over our uh, lineup review, uh, one of my lineups, and then our FFT DFS winner. And I forgot to create the... Saturday slate lineup. So I'm going to do it. It's going to be a shorter contest, uh, maybe just like 100 people. So I'll create that today and I'll send it over to Nada. It'll be in the podcast description. Uh, but yeah, look out for that because these two game slates are really fun. We talk about it. A lot of fans of the show are always excited to play the shorter slates. So we're definitely going to dive into that today and we will have a contest for it. Meg, let's talk about some of the games on Sunday before we get into this two game slate. Sure. So one thing that's very notable I believe it's 13 games. We've got the Sunday night game. That would be the 14th game. So obviously that's not going to be on the main slate. But there's seven games at 425. So, and, and what's interesting is a lot of those games have like serious playoff and like seeding implications. And that's why they're at 425. Mike McClure addressed that on the Friday show last week. Some of these, t- the timing of some of these games is a direct result of the NFL not wanting some of these teams to be aware of their situation. They want sort of these games to be going at the same time so some teams don't mail it in and whatnot. So I want to start with some of these 425 games that I think are interesting from a DFS standpoint, Meg, and then interesting just from a playoff uh, and seating standpoint. And the first one that I think is going to be great from a DFS standpoint, I want to get your thoughts, Seahawks at the Cardinals. This is a 47.5 point total. The Seahawks need to win, and they need to have the Packers lose, by the way. Right. Uh, and then the the Cardinals have been looking really good, and they're clearly putting their 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 best foot forward, beating the Eagles. I think we need to keep an eye on Kenneth Walker and his injury status, maybe a couple other guys. But you'd agree with me, this is a pretty good DFS situation, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as we go through the list here, there are some ones that I probably like a little, little slightly more. But yes, this I mean, with the implications and with the way the Cardinals are playing, I love this att- trying to attack this game as well. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, Bradley Jacobs uh, in the chat. Uh, Todd Luther in the chat. He says, I have to thank you. Your assistance got me second in the FFT DFS nice. contest last week. Was first until Denver allowed Chargers to score in garbage time. Yeah, I had the Chargers defense pretty much across the board. If you follow my sports line bets, I also had the Broncos uh, minus three and a half. So uh, that worked out. I got them at minus three as well. But that that bet that was one of my favorite bets of the week, along with the Bears minus two and a half. They hit three out of four of my my plays on sports line. So uh, Coral, that seems really long. I'll take a look at that in a second. You still have a fantasy to play. That's interesting. That's Some interesting. people have their championship uh, next week. Another game that I like here: Bears at the Packers. We talked about that. This is at four twenty five as well. I think we have to kind of observe which wide receivers are going to be healthy for the Packers. But, Meg, it's not the best situation for the Packers going against the Bears defense that's been flying around. But the the Packers need to win. So I I do think like guys like Aaron Jones, if Jaden Reed is healthy, we don't know if Mm -hmm. Christian Watson is going to be healthy. And then there's there's, – listen, if Jaden Reed isn't healthy, then you get a Romeo Dobbs, you get some value with with guys like that, maybe even like Malik Heath. There's just guys down the board that you'd almost have to go to. Tyler Kraft, of course, is going to be in play. Any interest in this one at a 44-point total? Yes, absolutely. In fact, this Packers side is probably one of my favorites because they're the situation when and they're in, you know, and they have everything in the world to play for. And, you know, they're at home. They pulled off a great victory on, you know, Sunday night. And and so, yeah, I, lo- I, I love targeting the Packers, whether it's a love stack or Aaron Jones, love, love the Packers and definitely want access to them. All right. And by the way, the question from Coral, I would go with A.J. Brown over Devontae Adams personally. And for the running back situation, it sounds like you need to pick one here. It's either Alvin Kamara or Kenneth Walker. Uh, I don't know that HN and Raheem Mostert are going to play a, a ton. I don't know what the uh, actually they, they well, they're play, the they're playing th- uh, Sunday night. So they'll be in the big. Yeah. Game and, and that is an important game for seeding, I believe, now that I think about it. So not sure about that one. All right. Let's go to the Eagles and Giants. Listen, the Eagles still have a shot to win the NFC East. Uh, and so you would think they're they're going to be putting their best foot forward. And we know and Meg, I'll tell you from the Friday show, if you didn't listen to it, I'm sure you did. But Tyrod Taylor was a popular play with me and Mike. And right. really, I cashed most of my Tyrod Taylor lineups, even though Lamar Jackson obviously went off. There were only so many people that had Lamar. So the Tyrod to Slayton lineups, thanks to basically one huge 75 yard throw from Tyrod to Slayton. Those lineups got there. And honestly, Tyrod probably should have even had a bigger game. But the point is. Tyrod still has value here against an Eagles secondary that can't really cover anybody. And there's certainly some Eagles in this game at the receiver position. Devontae Smith might be out. He was in a walking boot after the game. Hmm. Guys like Goddard, A.J. Brown, probably in play. Maybe some secondary receivers for the Eagles. I like this one in spite of just a 41-point total. Agreed. Yes, I like this one a, a lot, too. And again, you can approach it from a game stack both sides in this one as well. I mean, I think generally I will probably be targeting the teams that do have the playoff implications more. But I do think you made great points about the Giants in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Richie Small says, Happy New Year, folks. Uh, happy Richie, New Year. happy New Year to you. Thanks for being with us uh, a lot on this show. We really happy appreciate everything being in here, hitting the like button, being interactive in the chat. We really appreciate that. Chargy65 says, my Tyrod Taylor stack was the only one to cash last week. Strange week. Uh, I hear you. Uh, like, well, listen, I played a lot of Tyrod, and you guys know I also had the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts stack as well. And I, and I was just trying to go YOLO with A.J. Brown, knowing he had wide receiver one upside, mm-hmm. even though he hasn't hit it in, like, what, four or five weeks, maybe six, seven weeks, actually. But again, I was going for a low-owned A.J. Brown. Those didn't work out, but the Tyrod stacks – certainly worked out on um, particularly in the early slate i played a little bit more tyrod than i thought i was going to and, and it 
even though I didn't have Lamar, ended up uh, cashing, made a little bit money on the slate as a whole. All right. Uh, our near and dear game, <laughs> it's Cowboys at Commanders, a 44-point total. Now, the Cowboys have to go full throttle here, right. and I really like this game for that reason. Mm-hmm. This is at Washington, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, this is a double-digit spread. It wouldn't shock me if the Commanders at least keep it close for three or four, three or three and a half quarters because, I, I listen, they don't have much to play for, but this is a division game. That mm-hmm. like these guys are playing for contracts, they're playing for relevance, and, and I do think this game might require the Cowboys to play their starters most of the game. So oh, yeah. I, it's hard for me to look away from this one. I like playing Cowboys. I don't even know that I like running it back with anybody on the commander side unless we get sort of information about you know certain guys sitting and certain guys playing, and that narrows the target field a little bit. But love the Cowboys in this one. I mean, we we remember what they did on Thanksgiving, another short slate. You know, it was only a little over a month ago. They win and they win the NFC. They have all the motivation in the world. When I when we're going through these games, I say, I like that. I like that. I like that. I love this. So I I like Cowboys is by far my favorite team to target and stack up on the slate, just like we did on Thanksgiving. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And would you just, would you, and we're not, well, listen, we'll get into this slate a lot more on Friday and specifically this game, but sure. is your thought Dak CD and move on? Or like, are you like, are you getting tricky with anything or like is Pollard making a lineup? Probably not. Right. Dak and CD. Yeah, I probably uh, would do Dak CD and I'd be willing to do another pass catcher, whether it's cooks or Ferguson. So yeah. I'd definitely be willing to double Dak, double down on Dak, if you, if you, so to speak. And, um, but I don't need to like do like a massive onslaught like we don't Thanksgiving because that was short slate. So yep. in this, and, and, and even on this, you know, four o'clock, it's the, it's a seven game slate. So it's not like a two or three game slate. So with that said, I don't know that I'll mix in Pollard on the stacks, but I definitely don't mind doubling Dak at all. By the way, you just mentioned something kind of interesting. So 13-game slate, you could play the afternoon slate, isolate the seven games, and you can play the the 1 o'clock slate. Now, the 1 o'clock slate's a little trickier because there's less motivation among those teams, but maybe maybe there's going to be an advantage there. Again, that's something we'll talk about on Friday, but if you want to isolate the, the, the two... Mm-hmm. The two ranges, the early slate and the afternoon slate, they're like for the first time ever, they're kind of even. So you kind of get the chance to like to take two bites at at the apple. It almost feels like a main slate for each one because six or seven Mm -hmm. games is is kind of a lot. So, again, it's the four o'clock games that tend to have more relevance. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there's not an edge in the one o'clock games. And I think one of those one o'clock games, I think Saints Falcons is 425. But we'll talk about a couple one o'clock games in a second. Saints and Falcons, both teams need to win and get a little bit of help. So, listen, both teams are going full throttle. I've been sort of off the Falcons for quite some time now. 
I think the Saints are interesting. I mean, Derek Carr stacks Olave coming off a bad game. That doesn't mean he's going to have a bad game this week. I think Olave is interesting. I think we have to check on Alvin Kamara's uh, injury mm-hmm. status. But any interest in this one? I have I have some interest in this, but again, as we go through this list, I just have more interest in some of the other ones. As you said, there these two teams are both still playing for something. If the Bucks were to lose, then then the winner of this, I believe, wins the NFC South. So, and then I think I think even if the Bucks win, the Saints could still get in with a lot of help. So, their bottom line is they're playing for something. I like the Saints side more. Um, but I do like some of the other teams and games here that we're talking about better. Yeah, and by the way, that Saints-Falcons game is at 1 o'clock, not 425. Cowboys-Commanders was the last of the 425 games that we talked about. We basically led with all the 4 o'clock, or I should say 425 games. And then Saints-Falcons is at 1 o'clock. And these next two games we're going to touch on real quick. Jags at Titans. Jags need to win. They need to win to win the division. If they lose, they're done, like quite literally. They can't get in otherwise. So uh, it's a five-point spread. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Titans win this game. Jags aren't a very good football team. I've been saying that all year. I looked really dumb at the beginning of the year, and I looked pretty smart at the end of the year. <laughs> Nonetheless, I think you could play some Jags. we got to check on Trevor Lawrence. Not a game I'm super interested in, though. Meg, any thoughts on this one? Move on? I kind of move on for me just because they are so banged up. And, um, yeah, while they need to win, I, again, have more interest in the others. Yeah, ETN coming off a pretty good game. So you could speculate there against the Tennessee rush defense. That's pretty good, but has lost enough players where uh, they're just not good altogether uh, in the in the rushing game uh, or the the passing game in terms of defending those two things. All right, Bucks Panthers. Bucks win the division with a win. They're at Carolina, 37 and a half point total. Nothing super sexy here, but anytime Mike Evans is on the slate, I mean, you can't ignore it. And Baker Mayfield's been decent. I mean, I think this is sort of a sneaky stack. If you were playing like, let's say the one o'clock slate, I mean, I wouldn't hate, for example, Baker to Mike Evans. And I don't know, maybe you run it back with like a DJ shark just to create some value. Quite honestly, I love this one for the one o'clock slate because, again, this is a massive mass. I'm shocked that they didn't win at home and lock it up last week. But, you know, they have an easy matchup, but they still have to win to lock up the NFC South. And, you know, again, a Baker Mike Evans stack seems very intriguing to me, especially in a short slate one o'clock only. And I'll just say to to your point earlier, what I love about this week is you kind of get rewarded for staying on top of information. It's kind of the information slate. You stay on top of the information. That's where you get a little bit of an edge. So even like the little things we know who we're just talked about all the playoff implications, even look down to things about, you know, bonuses and stuff like that. There's things mm-hmm. that you can really pay attention to, to get like, you know, micro edges. Absolutely love it. I mean, this is really an important week to kind of dial in on the content that you want to dial in on again, like this show, I think our Friday show with Mike McClure is going to have a lot of information in terms of what his model is projecting with all the motivations sort of accounted mm-hmm. for. Uh, but it's not just our shows, right? It's whatever shows you listen to where you can get some of that information uh, that Meg just spoke to. Uh, it is it is more important this week. Th- those things are more important this week than literally any other week of, mm-hmm. of the NFL year. Uh, all right. I, I think that's covered most of the games that I thought were at least moderately intriguing, where there were some motivations one way or the other. Go back and listen to that, because honestly, those motivations aren't going to change. The games that we went over, by the way, that doesn't mean there's not motivation for some of these other teams that we didn't address. Uh, but for the most part, these were the ones that were like very, very highly motivated, at least for one of the teams, if not both. So something to consider uh, there on the main slate. All right, let's get to the two game slate. We're going to spend a little bit of time on that. We've got, of course, got the Steelers, Ravens, and we've got the Texans and the Colts. But before we get there, let's hear a quick message from our partners. 
Okay. By the way, Bradley Jacobs, he says, played Tyrod rushing yards after hearing C and Mike gush over his DFS <laughs> number and the sports line AI model rated it five stars. Uh, got there on that long, late run. Thank you, he says. Yeah, it took a while for him <laughs> to get there. Uh, and that long, late run was pretty huge. But uh, thanks for the shout out, uh, Bradley Jacobs. And honestly, Tyrod had a had a pretty nice game. He obviously had the fire emoji. He had everything we wanted him to have. He hit Slayton, which was the receiver we were targeting in the passing game to pair with Tyrod. But man, Tyrod had some drops. You know, uh, late in the game, Saquon Barkley dropped one that that could have gone potentially the distance, but certainly would have like created a maybe a 10, 15, 20 yard gain and would really would have extended Tyrod. He had some some uh, drops near the end zone as well. So could have even bigger been a better game, a better game. Uh, I might go back to Tyrod this week. All right, Steelers minus four at the Ravens. Looking at the total here, it's 37. You might be thinking, how are the Steelers minus four? And you're probably thinking, well, I don't know. C has been touting this Mason Rudolph character. Maybe he's just that good. Well, I have been doubting him, but he is not necessarily that good. Listen, the Ravens have clinched the AFC. Uh, they don't need to play anybody. And I don't suspect they'll play many of their key players on offense or on defense, which, by the way, Meg, is why I kind of like the Steelers who need to win. They also need the Jaguars to lose, by the way, to get into the playoffs. Again, I know it's not it's different divisions here, but uh, Steelers need to win and they still need the Jags to lose to get into the playoffs. I, I, I don't think in this two-game slate I'm going to be super interested in playing Mason Rudolph, but there are going to be some players on the Pittsburgh side that I'm interested in. How about you? Yeah, not a ton of interest in the quarterbacks in this game including Mason Rudolph, maybe take a shot or two to be contrarian, but it's the other pieces. And again, of course, just pay attention to Ravens news. There are going to be some guys that play that you've heard yeah. of that, you know, that you've played before in DFS, but it's definitely not like you said, going to be the key player. So just watch all the news. There could, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a Bateman or Aguilar or something like that, that we are looking at. Um, I know for a tight end, I'm, I like Charlie Kolar could be like a min price tight and then that, you know, he's good in preseason. He's good, but he's, you know, behind the depth chart, behind Mark mm -hmm. Andrews and injured, of course, and, and likely. So, you know, someone like that could be really interesting. But, yeah, I like the Steelers with the motivation. I like Najee gets the goal line touches. I'm interested. The receivers have looked better lately, like Friar Moose. So I'm interested in really all those Steelers main pieces and then some like tertiary pieces for the Ravens that just are going to be getting more work than they typically do. Yeah, that tight end you mentioned, Iowa State product. Uh, you're right. So here's here's how I'm playing the Ravens part of it. You know, to the extent because you're right that th this next game we're going to have a lot more activity uh, right. with the the, the Houston Texans uh, Indianapolis Colts game, which by the way has has basically ten to eleven points more uh, expected in that game. So mm -hmm. that it makes sense on that level too. To, to, in this game, I do like Najee. I do like Pickens in particular, especially with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, and he will be the starter in this game. I think on the Ravens side, I'm looking for salary relief. I don't know that I'm going to go as far as like playing, you know, Melvin Gordon, if he's going to be the starter at 4,800, but there are some pieces like Kolar, for example, or maybe like Rashad Bateman gets a lot of work. Maybe right. Nelson Aguilar gets a lot of work. Maybe Tylon Wallace gets a lot of work. These guys are 3,600, 3,300 and 3,000 respectively. Mm -hmm. Tyler Huntley at quarterback probably won't go there. Although I don't know that I hate it because he has some rushing equity. So he's mm -hmm. somebody at least to consider. Uh, but at 5,700, he's not exactly like appealing. Maybe if he was like 5,100, it would be it would be better. But yeah, I, I like Najee and Pickens in this game. And I think I'm going to fit in a couple of maybe one, at least one Raven that is going to be sort of salary relief. Because I got to be honest, when we go to this and we may as well go to it right now, 
uh, this Texans Colts game, some of these guys are expensive. You know, like you can't just if you thought you could just be like, I, I, it's a two game slate. I'm going to be kind of clever and I'm just going to stack Texans and Colts and I'm going to ignore that first game that has a lower total. You can't really do that. I mean, you could try, but like Pittman 7,500, Nico Collins 7,600, uh, Jonathan Taylor 7,400, uh, Singletary 6,000. Like some of these guys are pretty expensive. And by the way, the quarterbacks are expensive too. So especially um, CJ Stroud. So I'm curious, how are you looking to play this game? Are you stacking? Sounds like your stack is going to be here. Are you favoring the C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins or the Minshew Pittman stack? I think C.J. Stroud uh, Collins is going to be the number one stack, but I also think it's going to be the number one stack for most people. So, you know, I will do some Minshew stacks for that reason. Um, so I, I'm interested in stacking up both these quarterbacks, Stroud more, obviously. And then, you know, yes, just kind of finding ways that I can stack this game as much as possible. But still, you're going to like you said, you're going to have to go to the first game for value pieces or for some just filler pieces. And and so, yeah, this game is a priority with the total, with the implications on both sides. And just honestly, with the talent on both sides. So, you know, I like pretty much all the guys you name, but like you said, you can't just jam them all in. You have to, you know, um, kind of make your stacks and and really, again, tell the story of how you think this game is going to go and then kind of fill in with the first game as needed. Yeah. And for the record, if you're not used to playing two game slates, I mean, this is one of those situations where. When I say Michael Pittman stack or Nico Collins stack with their quarterbacks, I'm not suggesting that like that's literally like all you're doing in the game, right? You, you might have like four players on on one side here, like very easily, where you're getting to Pittman, you're also getting like Josh Downs or Alec Pierce. You know, you're taking a chance there. You're getting a Minshew stack with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and just one of those kind of third tier receivers. And on the Nico Collins side, we got to check on the injuries right. to Robert Woods and Noah Brown, but. You know, maybe you're doing Nico Collins plus one of those guys, or if they're injured, you're going down a level to, you know, a sort of a third tier receiver and getting that guy, whether it's Mechie or somebody else for Mm -hmm. 3,000 or 3,300 or whatever the case may be. So do not be afraid. Like I said, there's a reason I said in the Pittsburgh game, I'm, I'm, focusing on maybe one player on the Pittsburgh side, maybe two and some salary relief on the Ravens side. It's because I just really want to stack this game up as much as possible. But again, for those of you that are new to the short slates, like get weird. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like right. over stack, like, you know, you, you're, you're going in on the idea that the Colts are going to score a ton or that the Texans are going to score a ton. And this is a mm. tight spread. It's only a one point spread. So it's basically pick them. And, and that, what that means is both of these teams are projected to score 23, 24 points. Well, you're looking for ceiling, right? So if you think one of these teams is going to score 30, how are they going to score 30? Who's going to get that, like the, those 30 points, uh, on, let's say, the Colts side. And it, and it could be Minshew, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and Alec Pierce or whatever. And you can still play uh, the Colts defense there as well. So these are all kind of things to uh, keep in mind. Any any more thoughts when it comes to this game or this two-game slate, Meg? I would say for this game particular, again, telling that story, right, that if you aren't playing Stroud and you want to be a little more contrarian at at quarterback then then I definitely like Singletary because it, that could be one way that Stroud wouldn't get there you always ask yourself well how maybe does Stroud not get there well maybe Singletary gets two rushing touchdowns so that would be something and you know that I'm definitely going to consider again because in these two game slates you just said it you're just telling yourself a story how the teams and how the games are getting there and so that's why if you're doing different types of builds depending on how many lineups you're running definitely just give those considerations to being you know thoughtful and telling the story. 
All right. Uh, Dwayne Austin says Tyrod stack with Slayton with Kyron on the bring back. Won me a little cash this weekend. Thanks. See ya. Thanks. See ya and Mike there, but uh, I'll take the <laughs> thanks. Uh, uh, 213 team total for my best score this year. Uh, and Japan five is in here. Uh, he says, I've never done DFS, but next year I'm going to be all in is what he says. So absolutely love that. Uh, Casey chiefs checking in will power checking in. I see you big cheesy. He likes the under in this game, 47 and a half. Maybe that's cause to, to stack the, the other game. Listen, it would be contrarian to go all in, in this, uh, Steelers Ravens game. Maybe some of those value pieces on the Ravens really mm-hmm. show out and maybe the Steelers go off uh, with, with either Najee or Jalen Warren and, and maybe a maybe a Rudolph pick and stack ends up paying off, and it's the running game that takes over in the Texans Colts game, like Meg suggested right. with the with the Singletary play. So don't be afraid to get different there. It's a two game slate, so anticipate what you think everybody's going to do. You don't have to completely pivot from that, but add to that or subtract mm-hmm. from it, or just or just be completely different and go to another game, go to another stack. Uh, speaking of another stack, let's take a look at our FFT DFS winner from last week. Uh, we're going to look at his lineup. I, I believe it's a he in this case. And we're going to look at uh, one of my lineups from an early slate only lineup. Uh, Gigi Stahl. Um, actually, maybe that's that's not a Gigi's a, 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 a female name here. So maybe uh, maybe it's Gigi. My wife's name is Gigi. So Aww. maybe <laughs> this is her lineup. Who knows? Maybe she has a secret DFS account that I don't know about. So uh, secret account. I love it. Gigi had uh, Lamar Jackson. Listen, if you played Lamar, good for you. 4.8%. He wasn't widely owned across the industry, which is why my Tyrod Taylor and anybody's Tyrod Taylor stacks probably cashed is because Lamar Jackson wasn't taking up a lot of that sort of top 20% equity, that top 20% share of who usually gets paid in these tournaments. So uh, love the Lamar play. I wish I was on it myself. David A. Chan certainly made sense uh, in this game as a as a run back. Gus Edwards made it into his lineup. Ray Rice, Chris Godwin, Cedric Wilson, Isaiah Likely, Ezekiel Elliott, and Patriots defense. This scored 165.04. It wasn't no offense, it wasn't like an amazing lineup by any means, but he found the right game and the right game. And it made sense, right? Because it was one of the higher totals. The right game was the Ravens-Dolphins game. And, and he had some of the right pieces. There were even more right pieces in this game. But if you have Lamar and he goes off, like any given week, any given matchup, Lamar can go off. So you always have that sort of built into your lineup, the potential for Lamar to go off. Let's take a look before we get out of here at my lineup. Um, this is an early slate only lineup, and I'm not showing it to you just because it cashed. Uh, I'm really showing it to you because I, I want to explain to you how uh, what looks like an average lineup can cash. Here's the important part of this, especially when you're playing this week. And let's say you, you, you've run on some t- or what you think is tough luck and you haven't really cashed. You've come close, but you haven't really cashed. Here's the important part of this. Look at the top line here. Meg, you see how many entries are in this early slate only lineup? Yes. Now I do. Yes. 681. So it's not a lot, right? That's This was a $50. Like, by the way, this wasn't a big cash for me. I mean, listen, I had some that didn't cash. I had some that did cash. Most of my caches were minimal because I didn't have that Lamar Jackson stack. So this is in, in no way me, me being like, oh, look at this great lineup. It's not a great lineup. That's the whole point. I didn't choose in this contest, this early slate only contest. I didn't choose a contest with 10,000 people. I didn't choose a contest with 20,000 entries or people, however you want to say that, 7,500 or even two or 3,000. This had 681 people in it, and I still managed to make money because 
first of all, positions paid 181. So um, we're looking at, I think, around 20% there. But the point is, when you lower the entries, you are going to have a higher success rate in terms of cashing. So I know we want to hit it big and we see those cash prizes at the end. and We're like, oh, my gosh, I really want to win that 10,000 to first place. Like, okay, it's okay to play those, but play the ones that are less than a thousand too. Listen, this had Tyrod Taylor, Kyron Williams, and Darius Slayton. That's great. Otherwise, this lineup was pretty much garbage. Christian McCaffrey, uh, Chris Olave, they didn't come through at all. Demario Douglas didn't come through. Durham Smythe was okay, but didn't really have any fire emojis, didn't come through. Jonathan Taylor, he was okay, but no fire emojis. And I had the Ravens defense, uh, which did have the fire emoji, decent, but certainly didn't like help my lineup too much. The point is I found the right stack, had the right run back, just like uh, somebody in the show had this same same thing here. I only scored 138.26 on the early slate and I still cash. So I just need to impress upon you, especially late in the season. Don't get discouraged if you're playing the contest with 20,000 people in it, because this is one of those things where when you lower the contest size, you lower the entry size, you can cash with even an average lineup. Absolutely. All right, Meg, that's yeah, I was going to say that's my that's my soliloquy. Uh, that's my my dissertation on on how you can win in DFS. Any thoughts before we get out of here? No, that's a perfect way. Start the new year. You know, the yes. contest selection is everything. And again, this is information week. Just stay on top of that information at the end of the week and and you'll be rewarded for that. So. Absolutely love it. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. We'll see you next on Friday at 11 o'clock with me and Mike McClure. Until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.